0: So hello and welcome to Saladcast, episode five of the season. Um, and Glyn, you're back. Yes. it's we're back. We're back together doing a podcast. Shocking,
1: I know. We've been moon, moonlighting with our uh, our other our other friends and, and colleagues in the podcasting, world, haven't we? And uh, yeah, it's nice to actually be back with you, Wally. Because um, as I say, you missed the sort of first bit of the season, didn't you, with your honeymoon? I've obviously been away on holiday for two weeks and missed sort of the last four games, I think it was. And um, yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting start to the season and, and one we haven't really had a chance to catch up with. We've been talking on sort of uh, Facebook Messenger Quite a lot and we're catching up with things, but um be good to put put some thoughts together now.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a long time. It was um it was nearly mid July last time yeah. we did a podcast together, <laughs> which is quite funny now considering we're almost into September. So yeah, it just shows. But um, yeah, thanks to thanks to um to Nathan, to Chris, and your brother uh, Mike for stepping in and helping us with the podcast. It's good to get different vo- views on, and I'm sure those guys will be on the podcast um, in the season as well.
1: We will do. Yeah, we'll definitely have them on and, and some other people as well from last season. And, and they have got a few new names as well over sort of talking to at it games. it will be quite interesting coming on. So again, we'll be casting that net wide for people's views as the season goes on which is which is always fantastic but um yeah I guess before we get into the game really I I say I've been away in holiday ollie so it's quite a weird one we're recording episode five and what we six games into the season um I still haven't been to an actual competitive game yet this season which is a bit weird (laughs) um and I've watched the one game the Doncaster Rovers game on iFollow and I'll, I'll come to talk about iFollow in a little bit but um yeah it's interesting because you know I've got a very different view and it's probably worth bringing this up at the start before we get into it that I can kind of I've seen one game on, on iFollow but obviously that's not quite the same as being there you've obviously been to a few more live games than me but m- not too many and so my view and my, my discussion points are very much based on you know what it looks like in terms of results at the moment because I haven't been seeing the performances and I have been feeling, getting feedback from other people and yourself and my brother and stuff so kind of a mismatch at the moment so I, I'm looking forward to doing this podcast but I'm more looking forward to actually going to a game on Saturday so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how this season develops now
0: Yeah David I would say I've been to quite a few now so I've been to um, quite a few at home the do- i watched the Doncaster to one and also went to Luton as well so, but yeah it's, um, it's interesting how we, yeah, you get your different perspectives mm. and obviously in, in the modern world of football um, you get so many uh, inputs into kind of your opinion and what you see and obviously you've got the radio, you've got the TV you've got t- Twitter, Facebook um, so yeah there's loads of ways to kind of get your input so yeah I guess we probably should just dump, jump into the Doncaster game side
1: looking for the lead here early on Edmund can't get it but Mac- can. the first goal of the game 's gone Shusby's way, so the first game this week was Shuseby Town at Doncaster at the Keep moat, um which was nil nil, so not very much to say in terms of goal scorers because there wasn 't any but um yeah a nil nil game um got us our second point on the board, which was which was quite helpful because obviously we were stuck on one point, so it was nice to move off off onto that second point, but um wasn 't quite the win, I think most town fans were hoping for unfortunately so um yeah, there we go. We should just reflect really, I suppose, in terms of stats, Doncaster started very well. They'd, they'd won three and three um, and then lost one, so they'd obviously won three or four altogether, so it was going to be a tough place to go. Um, and it was the first Football League game broadcast online in the UK via sort of the iFollow system, so it wasn't a game we could watch on TV but it was an opportunity for people who were in Shrewsbury to actually use iFollow to follow a, a Shrewsbury Town away game, which was an interesting experience, I know, for a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans. And as I mentioned at the start in the intro, I obviously watched it on iFollow Ollie, but I watched it in uh, Austria when I was on holiday and it was only €6 for me. So that felt like a bargain, to be honest with you. Um, But I think you watched it using iFollow as well, didn't you? Um, and, And you were using it from England, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I used it. I was watching it for England, and I had it up on um, my TV, um, which was cool. Um, the only thing that was a bit odd, so it felt like I was also just watching a normal game. The only thing that was different, so we had um, the BBC Shropshire commentary, yes. which was good, which yes. I think you probably had as well, um, and it was in time as well. I was a little bit concerned it might not be in time, but it was. Um, the only thing, The only thing that was really weird is there's no replays. No, so every time, you, so your natural <laughs> reaction was right. Okay, watch the replay? oh yeah the recent one and that caught me out quite a few times
1: yeah you had to be very focused didn't you Ollie you can't, couldn't be looking at your phone yeah. and getting distracted you actually no, had to watch the game which is, which is good actually because you know it's what it's supposed to be like isn't it but I mean it's probably just worth reflecting on I follow Ollie because it's my very first experience of having watched a game live like that and I have to say uh, there was a lot of you know sort of negative things I was reading about other fans who'd had problems from other football clubs about the quality or the, the delay or even just the streams not working. I logged into it. I said I paid me six euros. It was working straight away. Game came on about three or four minutes before kickoff with the with the Radio Shropshire commentary. Perfect. I thought the audio quality was incredibly high, um, and the video quality was really high as well. And I guess it depends on the internet connection. I think I had a very good one out in Austria, but I have to say the whole service to me for six euros felt like felt like a, a decent decent amount of money to be paying for for the service you were getting. I don't know how you feel about paying £10 per match in England. Do you,
0: do you think that's f- a fair amount, Oli? Um, yeah, so I pay um, £45 a year for I follow. Uh, and I watch all the extended highlights. I can watch the full games back. So last season when there were some epic games, I did watch those back. After, did, yeah. Um, yeah, that's some recommendations. Um, yeah, £10 seemed like a bit much, mm. but it was a one-off. Yep. I guess if they start, it's a bit like the boxing, isn't it? You, know, you don't mind paying 20 quid. Um, once in a while yes. for a big massive fight. But would you start doing it every single week? No. So £10 in the context that it's the first time and it doesn't happen at the moment very often. That's fine. Start charging me ten tenner a week um, for every away game, I'm not sure I'd, no. I'd, I'd pay that. No. Um, and obviously, it was fun. You know, every, I saw a few people. Um, I saw Rachel from the um, um, from the um, supporters' parliament post, and she got all the snacks out and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's quite fun and um, to do it at home. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm not sure I'd pay ten pound every single week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it how it develops. I, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how it affects away attendances in the football league as it goes on, and, and especially in League One well, and Two, yeah. where we've not had that facility before. I'll be very interested to see what happens.
0: Well, Yeah, they had um, they were just shy, I'm not sure what their average attendance is, we probably should have checked, but it was six thousand nine hundred, yeah, which is a good yeah. a good um good fun. And I tell you what, we're just talking of fans. Um every single time there was an extended highlight during doing this prep, you could hear the shoesy fans. Shoes fans have kept their voice from last Fantastic. season. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's been brilliant. I, I did notice that as well watching the highlights. But um so there we go. So obviously we, we were getting the news through Twitter in terms of the team selection only and, and, and the various means that we get this sort of stuff now. And um yeah, I'll run through the team really we can quickly talk about who played but Coleman's uh, starting in goal and looks like he's our number one now as it's established um, the back four was Bolton Waterfall, Sadler and Haynes so I think that was the same from the previous game um, and then the midfield three yeah, midfield three were Grant, Laurent and Doherty and then Wally and Gilead on the wings and the shop retained his place although I listened to you and, and Nathan on the last, last podcast and you had a bit of a discussion on the shop and were wondering whether he would or wouldn't keep his place but um, were, you, were you surprised to see him keep his place? Yes, <laughs>
0: I was. I was surprised. Yeah. Um, I was surprised about that, um, and it is a bit of a concern that position. Mm. Um, but yeah, he um, he he did have a good game, which we'll come on to. Um, yeah. But obviously, um, you know, you're judged on one thing and one thing alone. He didn't score.
1: Well, particularly for strikers, you know that is the one main thing, that goes, <laughs> isn't it? But um, yeah, considering he hasn't scored yet this season. Uh, not ideal for the shot but he certainly had chances in this game, as you said, didn't you? So, um, but I mean that team, you know, looks looks how it's developed this season. While well, I've been away, Ollie, and again, you can probably add a little bit more to it. this. Looks like. The, the first choice team, doesn't it? We've probably got um, you know, um, Norwood, haven't we? That's maybe someone who could feature in there. He's obviously our record goalscorer, but quite where he fits into that midfield three now, I'm not quite sure. Record signing. Yeah. yeah. Record, sorry, record goalscorer. Yeah, he hasn't scored yet. Um, record <laughs> signing. So you've obviously got him as the other one that's pushing more, more than anyone, and probably Beckles as well. But at the moment. And you
0: think Angle as well would be the main yes, striker, yeah. wouldn't you? So the, I think the team that started against Luton, yeah, probably. Um, that team plus Angles possibly are number one. But it's
1: settling down, isn't it, for sure?
0: Yeah, it is definitely, it's definitely. Um, So um, going into the Doncaster game, um, I think it's fair to say that they started the game better than us. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, so Doncaster kind of dominated for the first 15 minutes um, and they really, really focused on our left-hand flank. Um, You know, sometimes when you're watching a game, um, you kind of get a different perspective when you watch extended highlights, but it was obviously very concentrated down down our left mm-hmm. um, tr- I don't know whether that was just coincidence but there was definitely a lot of joy coming down on the left for them um, and there was that yeah there's several crosses they had a corner and There was that very weak penalty claim against Sadler when the ball hit his arm for me that's never a pen no. what are your thoughts no ball's hand but,
1: yeah. ball's hand, but like completely un- in an accidental and his hand wasn't in a what they call it's an unnatural position isn't it that's what we we get told yeah. it wasn't in an unnatural position never a penalty that one um but going back to that that left hand side i think i I'd, I'd be more inclined to say i think it was a def, definite tactic that doncaster played they they definitely definitely seemed to have focused on a weakness down the left, which I think a few fans had picked up in previous games as well, because you've obviously got Haynes settling into the team and, and Gilead as well, of, of obviously offering the cover, but a very attacking player. So it made sense for them to go down their way, whereas you've got Bolton um, on the other wing and Wally, an experienced pro. So obviously there's a little bit more there for them for them to probably break down. And um, yeah, I think and an obvious... the understanding between them after
0: playing a whole season together. Exactly,
1: yeah. So it made sense for Doncaster to do that. And I think it did work well for them. They, they looked quite susceptible to um the attacks at times. Um, I feel like Haynes lets people get crosses in a little bit too easy. He's he's not quite as good at stopping the cross as maybe Junior was last season and um you know Beckles when he was playing there, particularly with his physicality. So but each player has different things to offer. I thought that Haynes was good going forward in the second half. So he swings around around, isn't no, it? I guess it's, it depends on what the manager wants out of him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think he's definitely improved at that part mm. as the games have gone on. Okay. He's got, he's got a little bit sharper and a little bit quicker um, but yeah it's definitely something that um, I would put in my um, my areas of concern yeah. box
1: Yeah, it was, in, it was interesting though because obviously everyone had been talking about we've had these good performances we've had these good performances and, and we've been deserving to get more out of games than we've got and I, I watched the first 15 minutes of Doncaster game and to be honest with you I was like what? I couldn't see it because obviously we did struggle in that 15 minutes. But I think as the game went on, I could see why people were talking about how well we were playing. And again, by the end, I think you had a very different view of what the game was like and how well we played. But yeah, there was I did have a worry 15 minutes in that I thought everyone was talking madness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah so um, so then um, then we had then it was quite a controversial it's been quite a bit of controversial and a bit of yeah. interesting points the Shrewsbury games the last last week um, and yeah so Salat started to come into the game um, and one of our first major attacks um, has Wally in the box and I think it's fair to say um, this was a penalty. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Darren Drysdale, wasn't it? The, the the man, the myth, the legend that is Darren Drysdale. Who always seems to have a little bit of a, of a sort of controversial game against us. Although we had done better in the last few games, if I remember rightly, he did send off. Um, one of our players in his last game for us but I think he'd had to run a run of four or five games where he'd been quite anonymous so we were thinking we might have got through the worst of Drysdale but he's definitely a referee with a very poor reputation in League 1, League 2 you, you find a lot of other fans are sort of very negative about him and as this developed, and obviously we'll come to talk about the penalty chance but it got a bit more wide press amongst sort of League 1, League 2 fans and it was very interesting that it wasn't just huge ten fans that were very negative about him as a referee but Let's be brutally honest about it. It was the Stonewall list of Stonewall penalties. And it was interesting that the guys on the radio Shropshire commentary were a little bit unsure at first, thinking that someone might have got a toe on the ball. And obviously the people with the the benefit of uh, the sort of ability to scroll back and watch the replay on iFollow, as soon as they saw it back, I think someone made a gif of it and it 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 went round. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it went very, very far and everyone was like, Stonewall, Stonewall.
0: I can't remember if it was someone called Absolute Salop or someone yeah, like that who did remember. it. Yeah. Um, he did it quite quickly. So yeah, so Lewis Cox, I had my iPad in front of me. I was watching uh, Dune like, on Twitter as well. And yeah, obviously Mark Elliott and Stuart Dunn weren't sure. Um, Lewis Cox wasn't sure either, who had the same angle. Um, but then that guy made that um, gif and that went flying round and it was clear um, that it was... They even mentioned that actually on Shop You Ready, didn't they? Yeah. That, um, yeah. that gif. But yeah, it was a clear, clear stonewall penalty and yeah, kind of just sums up the luck we've been having so far this season. Oh,
1: it wasn't great, was it? And generally it was, I think you mentioned it, it was actually the first Proper attack we had where we got into the box and looked dangerous, and you know we should have got some reward for it really, but it it wasn't to be unfortunately. And I I, I don't think I'm not too sure whether you did put it in our notes to this agenda, but. They had a very, very good penalty shout in the second half as well, and he, he didn't give it to them either, because I, I honestly felt like it was like he must have realised at half-time he'd made a tremendous balls-up with it, maybe the liner would add a word, and he didn't give them a penalty in the second half as well. So Doncaster were equally livid for his bad penalty mm, calls. I
0: don't know, I watched that one back you a reckon? few times. And for me, yeah, for me, the one where the winger ran into Grant, yeah, but Yeah, tomorrow. for me that wasn't a penalty. You reckon? Oh, he okay. just he, he didn't even move... Um, he was just kind of he just kind of ran into him, um, and I, I didn't think that was a penalty at all. Thought it <laughs> was quite a good decision. It would been
1: brilliant if he did give it. We'd have been even more outraged, wouldn't we, then in that case? But, yeah,
0: it would have been okay. outraged. but no. But yeah, you're right. It was it's, it was a contentious issue, and mm. the, the Doncaster fans um, were quite quick to jump on the, the referee's back. Maybe they didn't know who he was as well. Yeah, the, um, the
1: Doncaster fans had a view that he, the referee gave us everything in the game, other than that penalty, which was quite interesting. So, they it is funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they weren't impressed it's, with him either.
0: It's funny how our, that game last season, when I was sitting next to Dave Mateus at, um, at um, uh, Black um, against Bradford, mm. and I was on Twitter going, That was a foul, and you're going, No, it's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny. So, end of this half, um, yeah, they had a few good long range efforts, um, good palm away from Coleman. So, um, yeah. Wally had that cross where you'd hope hoped that the shop, I think a natural goal scorer, I'm being critical here. Um, would have done a Gaza S dive for the ball, yeah. you know, Euro 96, and he would dive for it, but he didn't, and he, he was so close to getting a toe on it.
1: He was on his heels a little bit, wasn't he? Just that little yeah. two two milliseconds of anticipation that he doesn't quite have, unfortunately, and um, if he'd have had it, or if he'd have been able to read the, the play a little bit better, he was just going to slide in and score a tap-in, really, and, you know, good chance, and, and, you know, just shows it's not really going for him, does it, you know, that one step forward, if he'd have been, when the ball was played, he probably would have just tapped it in, but... Nope, didn't, didn't go for him unfortunately, but that was probably one of the better chances we had in that half other than the penalty we didn't get, but um, I think obviously most of our chances came in the second half, didn't they? That was probably the best for the first half, yeah. But I was going to say, but we did rely on, on Coleman, he made some very good saves in that half and I think yeah. my, my overall view of the first half, uh, the struggles we had to get out really and some of the defensive issues we had, I, th- I thought Coleman was really good so uh, that was my, my main benefit and, and my main positive to come out the first half, he looked solid.
0: Yeah, I, d- I think our defensive discipline is quite good. Um, we've got quite a bit of shape most of the time. Um, and yeah, it's a definitely work in progress. But yeah, Coleman's definitely kind of settled um, um, into the team. Yeah, you look good. So um, yeah, so that was the first half. Not the best first half we've had all season. Um, so second half, um, yeah, it was quite awkward um, that Wilkes, um, their right winger, <laughs> um, did both Gilliatt and Hayes at the same time. Yeah, it, it was, was like. Oh a kind of hands very much a kind of hands hands um, you know, over your face kind of moment. It was quite embarrassing. Uh, unfortunately nothing came of it actually that was the penalty shout um, when he yeah, ran into Grant was, straight yeah. after yeah. That. Um, that so luckily nothing came from that
1: that works was good I thought he had them on toast to be honest with you most of the game to be brutally honest um, he was quite quick skillful, full tricky winger and he actually did a lot of good work in terms of put some really good balls in the box and I think of all their players he'd probably be the most disappointed they didn't win from the, the sort of output that he had in the game really because I thought he was a decent little player but um, yeah similar to us really when he, yeah. did, when he did provide a cross we didn't we didn't have the ability to finish it nor did they
0: yeah, definitely. You I'm, I'm not sure if, yeah, if you um, saw that on the agenda. We've put in a bit about their standout player and I went to Wilkes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah, so there. he's um yeah, he's a strong winger uh forward um and he's on, he's on loan from um from Leeds United. Oh, um, so okay. he's a bit of a talent. Yeah, so he's a, he's a something I think we should start doing Glenn, is having a yeah, could we often talk about Shrewsbury a lot mm. and if, let's, let's start have what I've thought would be a good idea is maybe we start having a standout player from the yeah. opposition. Sure. And so for this one I thought it was Wilkes and um yeah, when I searched where he was from, and I saw he was unknown from Leeds. That wasn't too much of a surprise.
1: No, I would agree with that. It's a good, good feature to have from now on. Ollie. And um, yeah, I would agree with that. If I was nominating one one of their players who stood out to me, it was him as well. So yeah, he, he was unlucky to be on on, on on not on a winning side in some respects. But as the game developed, um, to be fair, he could also count himself lucky to be on a drawing side. So we did have a lot of good play and a lot of possession actually in the second half. And in terms of, for me again, watching this is my first sort of game watching them live really impressed with midfield three and particularly Laurent who I thought was a, was a sparkling little player to be honest with you in terms of Ben godfrey it looked a little bit like to me but with probably a little bit more of an attacking instinct to him he was good at chasing yeah, down and winning tackles and not being afraid to put his foot in there but also I liked his passing range you know not quite as good as maybe a Nolan but definitely solid and, and really could see a sort of through ball every now and again so of all the midfield three, I like them all really, but to me he stood out and I'm look, really looking forward to seeing how he develops.
0: Yeah, he had a solid game yeah. in against against Doncaster. For me he's the our kind of a go go replacement yeah, yeah. and it's maybe seems maybe seems sounds a little bit foolhardy, but in some obviously he hasn't maybe got the intelligence to go go, that subtleness because mm. um, he's a bit younger. Um but yeah, he's definitely got the range and he's as you said, he's, he's built like Godfrey, he's got that frame. Yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, he looks like a good sign in and yeah, the midfield three um, having Grant in there, Grant has made a huge difference. Good. Um, so when Grant came into the Blackpool game, as we said um, with Nathan, that made a massive difference and that balance kind of seems to have come into central and field now, which is positive.
1: Yeah, balance balance is, is good. As I say, I think Grant's obviously the sitter, isn't he, from having watched that game and from everything I'm yeah. told. So he's more of the of go-go replacement. But he, is. he looks like he's got a little bit, little, maybe possibly a little bit more to him, I don't know. But Doherty as well, he looks like a proper player. He, he looks like a, an efficient passer with the ball. Again, another solid player that likes to put a foot in there and I think probably the three maybe he's the one that's going to keep it ticking over whilst he lets the other two do their more specific role so again until I go and see a game and quite you know you see the wider pitch and see their work off the ball a little bit more it's hard for me to judge but certainly on the evidence of a, a tv televised type game like that they, they looked all three of them look solid
0: yeah no definitely so then the game kind of like ebbed and flowed and then we got to the 60th minute and then Salop just kind of just went up a gear put yep. the turbos on yeah um and, yeah, we had loads of chances then. So we just, just yeah, just... So, yeah, really good passing move from Town Worley on the left wing. That's one thing that's noticeable um, in, the, in the ASCII era um, in terms of our flexibility and fluidity going forward. Um, this is one where um, Worley crossed on the left and shot um, forced to save from the, um, from, from the keeper. Good save, yeah. Um, on, yeah, that was a good save. Um, and then another good build up um, from town Doherty's shot was blocked he's not too shy to have a shot Mm. Um, the ball comes to Giliad who crosses the ball um, and the ball bounces out to the shop who fires a goal and the keeper makes a super save diving to his feet that was a super super save yeah
1: yeah, I said I thought he, uh, on Twitter the night I think the shop should definitely score and I was a bit disappointed in him. I think I'm a little bit more agree with, with what other people have said. That was a good save actually, to be fair. So I'll be a bit yeah. fairer on the shop for that one. But um, uh, interesting for me, Wally looked really good and I'm hearing reports that he seems to have got even better from last season, which is, which is a good thing to hear really considering he was probably one of our go-to players last season. He certainly seems to be the main man in this squad at the moment in terms of taking on the responsibility of trying to get us out of this tight spot and certainly his performances I don't think anyone can criticise any of them across the first six games this season
0: no definitely not and that's why obviously it was so contentious when um, when Askey took him mm. off um, but he took him off because he was knackered yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah he's been in my top three um, in every game I've watched so um, yeah so he's doing really well Wally he's, um, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's he seems to just carried on and he almost seems to have more confidence but he seems a bit more assured as well Um yeah, so that's that's a positive. Yes. Um, again, Wally involved again. Um, this is where Chop did that really good um, chest down um, and shot, but unfortunately was offside. But keeper saved it again. Super doing really well. A um, couple of other shots again, and then a really teasing ball um, from from. Um, from Donny, um, and no one gets a toe on it. So this is an attack from and then and yeah, it's from there, the left-hand side again. Got into which easy is a concern. Yeah, down yeah, the left. Yeah, it got was in, really poor. The game
1: just didn't try and stop the cross. And um, as I say, I think it's one of my observations from the one game. I'd be interested to see if that continues. To be honest with you, but um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, one of the things I meant to mention at half time was you know the the game really changed from 45 minutes onwards. I know we really went away after 65 minutes, but. It was noticeable from basically kick off in the second half the game really changed. And, you know, we give credit to ASCI. You know, I'm gonna give him credit that he, whatever he said at half time, whether he gave him a rocket or was just, you know, a little tinker here with the, the formation we were playing in terms of maybe just sitting back a bit and attacking at the right times. Don't know whatever he did, but it seemed to work really well. And and Doncaster went in on themselves. They seemed to seem to panic a little bit and their crowd got a little bit antsy from what I could tell. So, you know, you gotta credit ASCI there. You know, he didn't quite get the three points, he didn't quite get what he really really wanted and and there are reasons for that that we've talked about really in terms of the lack of quality in its finishing but um you know let's look at some positives there on in this game particularly i think he he did did well in his half time talk
0: yeah definitely when you look at the um the xg map um yeah, basically, Doncaster in the second half hardly went up, um, so they ended up on point, um, 0.9. Um, Shrewsbury was terrible in the first half, really, really we were low. bad. <laughs> um, yeah, really poor in the first half. We didn't even get to point five, but then we ended the game um, 1.6 to there, um, 0 point, um, 0.9. Okay. So we absolutely, yeah, so we, you know, really, again, um, it was the fourth game in the row where we'd had, in the league, where we had a much higher XG than the opposition. And it just shows we're creating chances. Um, but, as you say, we're not taking them. And, ultimately, football's about winning football games. Um, it is. Which, um, yeah, we should have won. Really should have got three points here. Yeah, so
1: yeah, I mean, from watching the game in the second half, <clears throat> there was only one team really going to win it other than that sort of flash across the box that they had. But um, we we ratcheted the pressure up. And and it's going to be... Again, another the thing for me I want to see is I'm really impressed with the midfield three. I don't have a clue yet quite how many goals they, they've got, it got in them. Do you know what I mean? It's They look like good players. And, you know, Wally's a good player, but he gets goals. Gileads looks like a good player. Will he get us goals? I don't know. So that's going to be an interesting thing that we can rely on a a big target man up front. That's probably not going to be the shop on the evidence of those first few games. He just hasn't quite got it. Unfortunately for the bloke, you know, he didn't play poorly in this game, but there were there were elements of his game off the ball and and potentially in terms of his winning the ball and trying to bring other players into it. That was fifty fifty for me. He was all right at some bits. He wasn't at the other. I think I'm going to want to see what Angle and Holloway have got now going forward. I think I've had enough of the shot from last season and, and I haven't heard and seen that game. I think that, for me, we've got to try someone else up there. But we can't just be penning everything on that one striker. We've got to say, you know, Wally wants to join in. He wants to try and get goals. We need to see the other four players in midfield joining in. And that's going to be really key going forward as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, again, using kind of your XG um, analysis um, from the experimental three six one. Um, Laurent keeps coming up in there in, okay. the, in the XG numbers, yeah. and he needs to take his chances as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need our midfielders to start scoring. and Obviously, that was key to success last season. Um, um, and also, yeah, um, the defenders picking up the odd goal from a corner or something like that as well. So everyone needs to start contributing.
1: I agree. I mean, that that was our game really. Uh, to me, as a yeah. sum it up by saying, you know. In, in the context of the season we hadn't won yet so it would have been lovely to get that first win but really Doncaster away, a Tuesday night, potentially always a little tricky game a point there in in the context of any other season would probably have been fine um, so I, I think I, I wasn't really getting too worried about us not quite having won and I'm, I'm starting to worry about it after Luton a little bit but I think after Doncaster I wasn't ready to be too panicky about it but um, overall the performance level was, was there or thereabouts creating enough chances so there wasn't really too much to panic about after that one was there I suppose
0: No, there wasn't. No, definitely not. Um, So, just kind of closing this game down quite quickly. Um, Top three and we actually went for the same, Yeah. <laughs> I'll just run through them, Go on. so um, we went for Laurent, Warley and Sadler yeah. Um, yeah it's funny we both went for the same thing I don't think, Laurent was superb, Wally was really good going forward and and Sadler was really short in in, in defence and made absolutely no mistakes whatsoever.
1: Yeah he did, yeah I, I say I think it was it was pretty easy to pick a top three there and I'm not saying the, the rest of them played particularly poorly but um, it, it was hard to qu- sort of criticise Laurent and Wally's games the way they played um, and I think in terms of keeping a clean sheet at the back I felt Sadler was back to his old role of marshalling that The, the centre back and and the defensive unit a bit more than waterfall looked like he was doing, but again I was only watching on TV. It'll be interesting to see live again how those two dovetail because you know that's our new centre back pairing by the look of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's something that I mentioned in the last pod. You know, I feel really quite assured that we have a lot of talkers on the pitch. Yeah. Um, to the, each other and also the ref, so hopefully that will um, stay us in good stead. Cool. Um, so, so, finally, um, what did the manager say? Um, so, yeah, as, as we kind of alluded to, the game went on longer the better we went. Um, we had the better chance of the game. You can't ask any more of the players. This is a difficult place. So it's a good point, actually. You know, Doncaster had started the season really well. Yep. Um, and he said, this is the best team we've seen, and we, you know, we should have beaten them. Um, and then, um, yeah, um, Stuart Dunn asked me about the big talking point. Um, and Ashley said it was a blatant penalty. <laughs> um, you know, and he said, we keep making clear chances, but we're not converting. And obviously, that's a concern. It is.
1: There we go. So that wasn't too much to panic about, but um, I think there's maybe a little bit more to get your teeth into at the next game, which was away at Luton, um, where we lost 3-2, um, having led twice. So, yeah, a little bit of a kick in the teeth. And certainly, I, I know you have mentioned in the agenda that the phrase sucker punch and that certainly felt like that. But we'll come to that. But yeah, um, we scored on 23 penalty through Sean Wally. Um, then they got back in the game on 51 minutes through Grant. Um, we went back ahead on it 66 minutes through Angle, which is an interesting goal. Um, and then they scored two goals in 73 by Stacey and Elliot Lee on 76. So two. Quick goals back to back that really put the game beyond us, um, and there was penalty controversy and all sorts of other stuff going on. I wasn't there, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you went to this game, um, so yeah, you, you were there. So you're going to be able to tell us a little bit more about this than, than me. I listen to it on the radio, and um, you can't watch it on iFollow unless you've got a VPN, which I haven't quite sorted out. So, yeah, what what, what do we want to start with? Here, stats, team selection.
0: Yeah, so let's start. I'll, I'll go through the stats. So, so Leland had, had won their first game of the season against Southend. It had come into this game. Okay. Before then, they'd drawn one and lost two. And yeah, for Shrewsbury, no wins and only one goal. So yeah, not a good start to good. the season for Shrewsbury mm. coming to this. So the team was uh, exactly the same, but Angle started up front, which I think most people were pleased about. And I imagine, Glenn, obviously you were keeping an eye on this game, as you always do. You were expected and you were quite pleased to see him start, I
1: guess. Yeah, I think having watched the game, I wouldn't have changed anything other than Angle, to be honest with you. I thought we were quite yeah. solid. I mean, I might have been tempted to bring Beckles back in for Haynes, but I, I don't think that the manager is going to contemplate doing that. I think he's going to stick with Haynes. He's his boy. Beckles is last year's man in some respects, and it's going to be interesting to see whether he does it, even get a place back in this team at all at this point. But um, yeah, that I, I was all I was expecting, really, and, and looking forward to seeing Angle play and, and hearing how he played in this game. So um, yeah, there we go. It was it was a very busy game, Ollie.
0: It was. There was a lot of slot going on. So, yeah, I went down with my brother. Um, Bex at the airport. She's gone on another holiday, so... Um
1: Needs a holiday after having a holiday with you, Ollie. What does that tell
0: you? <laughs> she <laughs> guess she does, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, went down to Luton. It's not the most glamorous place in the world. Um, and the stadium certainly is old school. Um, so I'd never been to Kenilworth Road or whatever. Yeah, it's talk- is it Clawker Kenilworth Road? or have they got a- I think, I yeah, I, I think it's cool Road, isn't it? Yeah. It's an old school ground, very old school. Um, and, yeah, walking up between houses and up steps and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was um, interesting to go to. Um and yeah, um, let's say the start of the game um, was not well not not really too much to talk about. It was a bit of a poor start, really. Um, not that it was. I don't know. It was really odd to describe. I was trying to think of this when I was doing the agenda. Like it, it, wasn't like people were like you know poor passing and everyone's moaning and groaning. It's just I don't know. Just didn't really seem nothing. Really seemed to start. It was kind of like two boxes sparring um, in terms of how you yeah, describe yeah. the first part of the game.
1: Figuring each other out, I suppose, is a good way to describe yeah. it in football parlance, isn't it? You know, sort of having a look at what the opposition have got before you sort of really give a good go at it. But um, yeah, it was interesting. One yeah. thing I meant to ask you, Ollie what did you make of um, Luton Town? Like, it was weird because we only took like three hundred and forty fans, didn't we? Which was a, quite a poor away attendance for us on a Saturday, I think. But yeah, holidays and cricket season, all that nonsense. But it, yeah, the worst thing about it was you couldn't buy tickets on the day, could you? They it was an all-ticket game at the start of the season with against Shrewsbury Town. I, I couldn't really get my head around th- that.
0: I think that's to do with Luton, um, and oh, okay. I so guess being... troubles. And there was a, a, I did feel a greater police presence than you normally do in a away game.
1: No, yeah, right? Okay, weird. I wonder if they do it for all their games at um, home on a Saturday.
0: I think it might be. It would just be yeah, just something that they do. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess no one's really. I guess there's a poor start to the season away at Luton I guess no one really was yeah, true. up for it and I guess maybe this is kind of maybe going back down to our normal um, away attendances but shooting town <laughs> fans make a good, good yeah, voice maybe. again. Cool so um, yeah the um, yeah I guess the, the first real um, part uh, um, kind of highlight of the game really was um, was the penalty um, so um, nice link up play with Do- um, Doherty and to Angle who, um, yeah, who did some nice passing in link up play um so Waller drive, drives into the box and he gets clipped by the right back um clear penalty that you could even see from the behavior of the right back he put his hands to his head um Paley, uh, P- Wally steps up and scores a decent penalty um and yeah it was a by then it was a yeah a a very pleasing start to the game
1: he's definitely back on penalties I, um, I alluded to that in the interview post-match when they were talking about it but um, he was like I won the penalty I'm going to take it so um, yeah he manned up scored the pen obviously he missed a couple last season didn't he so it's good that he's back on uh, his accuracy thing and um, yeah I, I noticed that as well about the right back he, he knew he'd given a penalty away straight away there was no yeah. trying to con the referee out of it was there so yeah um, yeah, it wasn't like it evened us up for the Doncaster decision because this was also a stonewall penalty, but um it felt like a little bit of uh, maybe luck turning our way in some respects.
0: Yeah, no definitely. Um <laughs> so then yeah, so then um, so the game carried on. We're still in, in good we had a good first half really. So yeah, good move forward. Um Gilead running down the left, um, into into Warley and then to Angle, who fires um a tight angle, but the keeper saves. It was a good strike. Um and then yeah, and Tower on top. Um, it was, yeah, just a good first half, really. It was really weird. I was, actually, I sent a message to um, Lewis Cox on Twitter just to say, did Luton start in a diamond? Because I, being behind the goal, it was really hard to figure out formations. I'd really hate being behind the goal. Yeah. Um, and he said, no, they did start on a diamond. But I thought maybe at this point they'd actually moved to a diamond and kind of started to dominate the center and field. But, yeah, we were all over them for the first um, first half
1: yeah yeah um
0: and yeah this struggle to get into the game that their, their manager was was visibly frustrated um, mm. you could see him getting really angry at the players um that they weren't doing his following his instructions
1: mm. the, the commentary on, on radio Shropshire Mark Elliott and danny very positive about the first half you know it was it was uh, say it was quite. Quiet. Their commentary in the first fifteen minutes very similar to what you described the game as, as the sort of game built up. But you know they were they were excited about sort of some of the chances we were creating, and it was certainly was feeling that vibe that we were on top. And you know you were starting to think, then is this where the season's going to turn around? We're we going to get the first win on the board. But um, yeah, I suppose the first half was was sort of good for us and we played well. But the second half went mental, didn't it?
0: Yeah, the f- first half is so frustrating because yeah, it, that's where this that my, I use the term I put in the in the podcast the sucker um, punch because. We did start the game so well and opposite to um opposite to the Doncaster game, we came out in the second half and yeah, we were we were sitting deeper and we weren't pressing as well. Um and then yeah, they, we were giving away uh, fouls and well, free kicks were given away. Free kicks, or I should say, the referee gave gave free, free kicks. Um, so the first goal yeah. from Luton um, was from a free kick, and for me, it was never ever a, a, a foul. It was just a gentle no, shoulder really? from Grant. Yeah, it wasn't for me. I just, for me, um, Grant just used a soldier, soldier, soldier. soldier he soldier, soldier, and uh, the plane went down. But um, taking nothing away from the, from um, from Grant, it was a super super free kick um, right into Great the corner, strike, and yeah. Coleman had no chance.
1: No. No, he didn't, and, and you can't blame the keeper for that one. As I say, it was yeah. it, it was not the sort of free kick you expect to see someone score in, in League One. To be honest with you, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it was, and then not too much happened next um, until until um, into the we're into the 60th uh, sixty minutes, and um, yeah, I could only have what has got to be the most bizarre goal I've ever seen live. <laughs> have you seen this on video? It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's I've absolutely it brilliant. It's, it's funny. So for those exiles who haven't been able to see it, um, um, basically um, the referee the ball someone was offside. The ball goes through to the keeper. The referee puts his arms out and holds his arms out for a very, very noticeably long time. Actually, I noticed at the time he was doing it for a really long time, and um, that he was clearly playing advantage because the keeper had the ball in, um, in his hands. And then the yeah. keeper just kind of dropped the ball in front of him as he was ready to kick, as kind of kick it. And then Angle was, it took him quite a while to kind of figure out, like maybe five six seconds to figure (laughs) out what was going on he did a really he didn't really even tackle he just kind of dragged the ball over and just shot into the back of the net and one thing you didn't see glenn obviously on the video is he just kind of like just started like almost like just smiling and laughing like to the shoes fans didn't like what on earth i've scored hey it was really funny and all the shoes fans obviously just went mad and yeah we kind of regained our lead at this point and we thought think come on lads let's, let's hold this on now
1: it was a very very odd goal. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that uh, in my time watching Shrewsbury. I can I think I can remember one goal maybe where a keeper dropped it in sort of open play and one of our players nicked it off him in a very similar manner, but not quite that to do with you know some someone being offside. I can't think of anything like that. I'm sure older fans might remember something and they'll point it out to us on Twitter. But yeah, I, you got to give Angle credit, haven't you? Really, it was smart thinking. He was obviously very switched on to what was happening in the game. He'd obviously been look at the referee and, and knew the situation that we were standing in. So you have to give him a massive amount of credit, really, there, to be honest with you. And um, nice for him to open his account. I'm sure he'd like to score better goals or more exci- more exciting goals, not quite as random goals. But um, they all count, don't they? And at that point, you, you, we were back level and you, you started to think it was going to be fine. But... Um, yeah, it well, wasn't to be, unfortunately.
0: Then there was um, a long busting run um, from Grant. I didn't realise he had that kind of pace. Um, and he had a decent effort at goal at this point. Um, the Shoesie fans were, you can imagine, putting a bit of pressure on the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> giving him a lot of stick. Um, and every time he did anything, um, putting pressure on him and kind of jeering him. Um, so then we had a couple of efforts at goal then. Bolton had a header from a corner as well after the, the Grant yep. effort went wide. Quite poor goalkeeping, actually, to give away a corner. Um, and then, yeah, the, and then the game was kind of, yeah, just kind of went into kind of uh, three standout moments. So um, this was a poor goal to give a concede. So um, essentially, um, character attack um, by Luton, dominated by Stacey. Um, the ball moves around, cut a long story short. He basically finds himself in the box and shoots. He was left and marks. Um, Gilead yep. should, um, should have tracked him. Um, I actually had a bit of a discussion with Mark Elliott on his view of this goal. And yeah, we both kind of agreed that Gilliard was at fault. Um, I also think that um, where Haynes ran out, yeah, out of position, well, to support a gap and fill a hole left by what where Doherty or Lawrence should have been. I think there should have been one midfielder in that kind of space. Uh, so he came out, but yeah, Gilliard was. Um, yeah, nowhere to be seen. And Stacey, who's a good player, um, just stroked the ball into the back of net. Really nice finish. And I think it was Gilliatt who Atsky was, um, was um, referring to in his post um, post match comments because it was very, very poor goal to concede. And again, down the left hand side, Glenn.
1: Mm, yeah, it's just, I would agree with all that. I haven't watched it on a replay and obviously I didn't see the wider context. But interestingly, when the goal goes in, Doherty's miles up the pitch um, and he turns around when they've scored and he starts shouting at someone up the pitch. So it must either be. I don't know, he could be showing an angle maybe. Did angle give the ball away for the counter? I don't know, but it was noticeable that he was miles away from the play, whereas I believe Grant was on the edge of the box and I think that Laurent wasn't. Yeah, Grant was on the edge and Laurent was
0: really, yeah. Yeah, Grant
1: Doxie wasn't. So maybe they they don't all three of them need to be back, but it certainly looked like he was the one, you know, potentially on that left-hand side cover that had been caught out a little bit as well. But I would say, you know, we've talked about defensive solidity and and how well they've been doing. That was definitely um, questions for me in terms of the way they defended that goal. but. you know, it was the only goal in this game that you could sort of blame the defence for. The other two were a bit more different, weren't they? But um, yeah, left side something to keep an eye on, like we've been saying. So um, not not ideal. And and I don't know, you were there, Ollie, when it went two two. I, I guess the whole vibe of the game changed, and and, and the, the sort of momentum was reluting then, and we were sort of hanging on by the sounds of it.
0: Um, no, yes and no. I didn't feel like that at the time. I didn't feel okay. like we were because obviously the keeper had made his mistakes. We felt like we had something there. Um. And, you know, they weren't, you know, throughout the whole game, Luton didn't impress me. Um, I didn't, I okay. saw they had a few tidy players. They brought on Collins at half time because the strikers we weren't really doing anything. But Luton didn't overly impress me. Um, that I, I didn't it see anything. <laughs> yeah, it that's, the, that's the thing that's so frustrating. Doncaster looked like a good side, but of Luton, like a lot of teams, like I, I get a bit frustrated when the media go, oh, yeah, League, league Two team, they're going to storm it like um, Portsmouth was supposed to storm the league last year. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't happen and yeah i I don't think they were that impressive Um, maybe i just saw them on a bit of a bad day or or whatever um i didn't think they were amazing um and yeah i I thought that we'd get a draw at this point um but then unfortunately sadly gives away a really poor foul this definitely was a foul and then um yeah they take a free kick and the ball goes through our wall and deflected in um so i don't know who was at fault here but um, there's definitely something for ASCII to work on here, with um, in terms of individual errors. In, individual errors are the, game, the ones that seem to be causing us the trouble at the moment. Because, yeah, it's obviously some of the guys. Like you could say that the the, um, the goal from Stacey is about structural defensive positioning um, and team players <clears throat> getting used to each other. Obviously, we've had a few mistakes where we had um, we had Bolton and, and Coleman at Burton. Um, we had obviously Chilaid in this game. Um, so yeah it's, it's frustrating that we're giving these kind of goals away and then yeah Sadler to give away a, a bad foul there and yeah again gave we suck a punch and we just gave them we gifted them we gifted them the goals a little bit naive nothing else to say. do you
1: think of these, all these individual mistakes are individual mistakes but sometimes it seems like there's a little naivety in the way they're trying to play or some of the fouls we're giving away uh,
0: I, th- I think Sadler just rushed in for a tackle and player stood still okay. and, and it was just a mistake it was a simple mistake you know uh, um, it's not like Sadler to make these kind of mistakes is it um and then, no, and then no, to no. make things even to make things even worse, you can imagine how sick all the home fans are feeling. This when Waterfall gives away a penalty, absolutely blatant penalty. Even from the other end of the the pitch, you could see it's a penalty. And then Coleman did really well um, to save. And I think it's just worth noting that Coleman was really good in this game. And he's really kind of good. you know after a few shaky shots and a few a few fans being a bit concerned about him, no one's talking about him anymore at all.
1: No. He's had a good week, hasn't he, in in general, from the two games from what I can make out. But yeah, I mean, bloody hell, Waterfall, it was a very lazy tackle to be honest with you he sort of just hung a foot in there gave, gave the defender sorry the attacker enough to just sort of go over um, and then sort of threw his hands up in the air I mean pff, it was a bit of a weird one watching it to be honest with you and I say again I, I can't judge Waterfall too much because I've only seen him on, on the old iFollow once but um, I'm going to be really interested to in see how he works Cause I've heard a lot of good reports about him to be fair so yeah he's been and, good you know, all, all players give pens away don't they to be fair so maybe it's a bit harsh to judge him one even now.
0: even players like Granderson gave away penalties
1: ah get on with you you still still training with the club <laughs> um, yes there we go so I suppose you want me to go to a new feature Ollie who was your standout player for Luton
0: Stacy, the right back. Um, he okay. was really solid. Yeah. So um um the the guy who um who does the summaries of the XG who kind of helped me kind of get into XG a guy called Ollie Walker. Um, he's a big Luton fan, and I had a little short discussion with him and a couple of Luton fans before the game, and they kind of highlighted um Stacy as a as a good player. Um and yeah, mm. apparently the baggies baggies were tracking him. Um, okay. And yeah, he looks like a real player. He looks really, really solid player. So he's one to look out for. So he was my standout player from Luton.
1: I was uh, the other one I was going to ask you about Luton players was old James Collins because he came in on in the second half, didn't he? Did he miss? Was he had the penalty saved?
0: Um, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Oh, okay, no, I don't fine. think it was him. And he was pretty non-existent.
1: Yeah, I thought they were going to get a penalty. Well, when they got the penalty, I thought it be just be typical for an ex Town player to step up and score it. But um, it wasn't to be, was it? But um, yeah, as I say, I, I, I owed, uh, from what I can make out, he really had a quite a good reception at one point when he ran out to warm us up. Warm us up.
0: Yeah, he did. He got a good one. Well, There's a couple of chances about him scored in the Arsenal net and a good um, kind of... Um, oh, yeah. But he did. He was clip typical kind of Collins, a bit slow and yeah, didn't really do anything. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, bad, so... I a good league 2 1 he's a good league 2 striker. Don't get me wrong, he's a very good league 2 striker. He's not You'll a league score one more striker. more goals in at all. league
1: 1 than the shop does this season. I'll give you I'll put a lot of money on that. But there we go. Um so what was your top 3, Ollie?
0: Um see so yeah, I went for Coleman. Um, in goal, I went for Bolton second, um because yeah even though i was struggling a little bit because yeah, the second half kind of dampened my feeling. Um so yeah, Bolton for me because he didn't make any mistakes and he was solid. Um, and then I went Wally third because he was just, yeah, probably almost. Um, I think everyone else, I could kind of say they made some kind of mistake. Waterfall gave away the penalty. Sadler gave away with free kicks. Grant was giving away free kicks. Doherty and Laurent um, giving away free kicks and didn't really play superbly well. Haynes obviously fought a bit with Juliet as well. So, yeah, I kind of didn't really leave me much else to go for.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And you did the three word match report again this week, didn't you, Wally Now we're back to normal I, normal cast.
0: Uh, yeah, normal service is back. Glenn is back. Three word match <laughs> report is back. Um, and and yeah, it's fair to say that my phone was going mental um, <laughs> after I posted this. Um, so yeah, so we, there's eighty-three comments online, but unfortunately, um, because of the uh, the rules for the group, I had to delete a few. Um, so sweary, yeah, so the yeah sweary. Um, so I think it's fair to say that there's you know I wouldn't say they're two equal camps, but there's definitely two camps yes. among the Shooter Town fans. So um, yeah, defensive. So Joshua Owen with defensive lapsed again. Um, Paul Turno with clock is ticking. Um, S- yeah, then someone and um, was saying happy, then sad. Um, cannot win. Uh, Mark Jones of absolute relegation fodder. God. Uh, but then on the other side, Andy Worley with three points lost. Um, Alex Milton need a drink. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> you get but then the, a lot of these kind of were people who weren't at the game. Yes. Able to kind of um, you know, you know, and then you get someone who was at the game. So A. Plimmer saying it's coming home. You know, in terms of the three points. Um, Anthony Lamb who I know would have watched on iFollow um, from from North America said we threw that one away so mm. yeah as, as I said in the other games Glenn, there's definitely a um, a lot more patience um, and a lot more optimism from those who have been at the games but we'll come on to a bit of a summary of kind of overall performances um, in, in, a, in a second yeah
1: we'll go through John Askey's comments on the game because I felt they were very interesting as well but we're going to have a little section aren't we in a minute just talking about these first six games and, and this run of no wins but we'll come to that in a minute and the John Askey, sort of moment that we're in at the moment, but um, yeah, his comments were dead interesting, weren't they, in some respects? He was yeah, pretty... it wasn't just his comments, yeah, so, as, I, as
0: I said, I've been, yeah, his demeanour. So, um, I'll be honest, I've been hesitant to watch um, <laughs> the, the um, the, the post matches because, yeah, it has, yeah. he's. Gives nothing away. Um, now that could be a positive or a negative, depends which way yeah. you want to view it. Yeah. Um, but he was clearly agitated um, watching this, and it's always good to watch, not just listen, because you could see from his mannerisms he was disappointed. Um, so yeah, said so it's disappointing. We're given a golden opportunity to take three points. He's not happy. Repeated, you know. Said we were. Ho- this is quite an interesting line. We were hoping we were going to win today rather than playing to win. We um, said so we switched off. We gave way too many free kicks, and we're getting too deep. Um, that we did make a point that you know some of them were a little bit soft um, second off not good enough we can't have players switching off like that not tracking back so clearly re- um, referring to Juliet there um, he was angry um, and yeah and he was definitely the most animated I've, I've seen him good. he was hes definitely pissed off and not happy with some players so I expect some changes <laughs> for Tuesday and I also expect some changes um, for your game back uh, next Saturday yeah, Australia. this Saturday yeah. coming.
1: It is interesting, isn't it? Because like, you know, it's the first interview where I think there's been a sort of a, a, a more passionate explanation of what's gone on in a game to come out, I suppose, so far. He's been very reserved and mellow about the game so far, hasn't he? And it's quite interesting that he's suddenly changed like that. I don't think he's under any pressure from the football club whatsoever, and, and nor should he be 6-6 six, six games in. But you don't like to be under pressure by any fans. And, and there certainly is an element of our fan base that are starting to wonder... Whether he's at his depth or he's a bit naive. no, it's not even or, to
0: sell, It's not, not starting. Glenn, yeah. it's, it came straight away well, after the first yeah, game. Yes,
1: it's, it's a strange one. I have been away, so you know, I, I, I can't quite judge what it's been like, other than sort of you know, But you've I'm, seen it online, haven't yes, you?
0: There's yes, been a lot of yes. knee-jerk reactions to, um, yeah, not getting all three points straight away, which obviously we want to win. You know, uh, I'm a, while I'm, being giving him a little bit more benefit, doubt and a bit more time, yes. clearly I'm not happy. We're not winning games.
1: But I think you're definitely right. Between the mix of people who've been to the games and seen the performance, and us uh, majority maybe of fans that don't go to every game and are judging it on the run we're on, and it is go to away bearing... games, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: the away it... games is different. There's a clear divide. So when um, after the Charlton game, um, I just got back from um, from America, just driven back from Heathrow, and I was um, listening to the game and what and I was on Facebook at the same time, and it was really funny. There was like real anger and frustration on, on, mm. on social media as soon as the game finished. And then as your, you know, as the fans at the game, you know, turned on their phones, got on the trains, was in the car and the coaches, their feedback started coming on. There was a different mix, a different, you know, appreciation of, you know, you know, we should have, we should have got a point there. We were robbed at last minute. Um, and again, on, on, on against Doncaster as well. I thought that, you know, cause people, a lot of people, more people watched the game. There was a bit more positive. So, it's interesting, isn't it, how um, it is. how quickly fans react to him. and and Askey himself said this because obviously um, the media were going to ask him after the um, Blackpool game about the fans because they booed him and there was chants, and if "You don't know what you're doing," so they were going to ask him questions on that and he was quite calm actually, quite fair to play to him. He said, "You know, fans have the right basically to kind of have their opinion," and he doesn't really surprised in the kind of the world that we live in today. So, you know, there he's quite good. It's, sometimes it's not the trouble I find with Askey is. What he says is actually quite good. It's just sometimes how he delivers it.
1: Uh, uh. I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? Because football is a results business, unfortunately. And, and as I say, w- without the lack of seeing all these performances, people are starting to judge it on the results business. And and, it, and, I, and I thought it was worth mentioning these two stats, really, because some people are saying, oh, people are throwing the baby out of the bathwater and overreacting. And at and, and no point in this podcast, and probably not for a while yet, would I be saying, asky out. out. It's, it's way too early to make that judgment, right? But I can understand why people are being negative. You know, we've not won in six games. It is the equal worst start, to any Super Town manager's career at this football club, right? Paul Simpson also lost, uh, sorry, Paul Simpson also didn't win his first six games and he won the seventh. So, you know, if we don't beat Man City's, uh, you know, youth team on, on Tuesday night, then John Eskey's going to be the worst Super Town manager in terms of his start at this football club, which is. Not a great place for a football manager to be. And and in this modern day of people looking at these sorts of things, you know, you do understand why people are being frustrated. But another thing people have been saying all week, I found, is, well, we shouldn't worry about it. Fred Davis lost the first, whatever it was, five games of the season and when we got promoted to the championship. That's fine. But for every statistic like that, you could also say that the last time we got relegated out of League One, we had seven points after this many games. Now we've got two. So I can understand why you, any fan who's got a view of John Askey, whether it's let's give him time or let us I'm already not convinced he's the man, there's all there's a stat you can pick from any corner. Do you know what I mean? You, you can justify your viewpoint whatever you want. At the end of the day, most people are taking a side on this, and, and I think a majority of fans are ready to give him time. I'm not making out like it's 50-50. It's nowhere near that. But the fans that have already gone to the side of I'm not convinced are basing it on results. That's all they can base it on. And at the end of the day... If he can't quite find that magic formula in the next few games, more people will join that side of it. And I, and I hope it doesn't come to that. We get a win this week, two wins this week, and we can go on and look at how this season can develop. But at the moment, it's there is a balance, isn't there?
0: Yeah, well, I've done a bit of prep for this section, Glyn. I knew yeah. you know, we were going to have a exact discussion. Yeah. There's a question for you. Can you. There's a question for you then, Glynn Can you ignore performances or should you ignore performances? <laughs>
1: It's it's tricky, isn't it? It is tricky. You know, if what well, if we outplay the Man City Youth team and Bristol City and lose both those games this week? You know, he's he's not Bristol in any Rovers, better yeah. position for having yeah, sorry, Bristol Rovers. We wouldn't be in any better position with our fans for, for having done that, even if six, seven thousand of them saw them outplay Bristol Rovers and lose again. At the end of the day, you'd start to have to try and find why it is we're playing so well and not winning, because there will be yeah. some some reason for it.
0: But then this is so early. So funny yeah, enough, yeah, I, yeah. I thought I'd have gone on. So I've got, I've got some pros and cons, which I'll come on to in a second. But a team that did really well last season, and a team I'm sure you'll be aware of um, where you'd say had a great season, is Plymouth. Yep, so yep. Plymouth's last season, their start of the season was horrendous. Um, and it's actually, you know, August was bad, September is even worse. So so they lost to Peterborough, they th- got thrashed 5 0 by Bristol City, um, they lost to Plymouth, um, they drew against Chelsea on 21s, they got a point against Southend, they lost 4 0 to Scunthorpe. Then going in September, um, they only got a point away at Berry and they lost all their other games, including losing to MK Dons and Warsaw. But they still had a fantastic season, so I think yep. I think you know, and also they they've also they're a good team. They've kept a lot of the players together, and also their manager, and they've got two points as, as same as Shrewsbury. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that if I think no. if the performances weren't good, I would be very concerned. The performances are good, um, and we'll come. I want to come on to the players in a minute. So we had a good question from the D three D four podcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I think I think I think, I think the performances need to take into consideration when they are kind of judging, um, you know, how good the manager's been doing so far. So far.
1: I, yeah, I do. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the next game is isn't, isn't that you don't want performance. All you need to do is get a Shishu Town team to beat a Man City Youth team. It'd be a, a rubbish performance
0: yeah rubbish performance, performance on that yeah who okay, yeah, so cares you exactly. just grind
1: out that result your, your professional football is playing against a bunch of kids if you can't do it then then yeah maybe that game's actually going to throw up more problems for us than we we thought it might be as uh, w- a uh, check not trade game it's not vitally important to the season I don't care it's about the check certainly trade certainly very important Sorry, yeah, no one cares about it, but it's important to ask you at the moment.
0: It's important to ask you, but I wouldn't wouldn't use it in a in a in a case for sacking him or anything like that. And no, just to no. put it into context, like you know, I wouldn't take that. But um, yeah, in terms of just kind of this discussion, Glenn, I've got a few pros and cons just to kind of I don't know, just to kind of share my thoughts. So I'll go with go the on, negatives hurry. first. So clearly, we haven't won a game, and there's a lack of goals. Um, and There's defences errors. Um, and there's also this seems to be a of an anti-Hurst kind of player kind of sentiment going through in terms of the transfer dealings. Um, right, yeah. I'm a bit concerned about sometimes dealing with the media. And I don't know, sometimes I worry whether he's this kind of like old school kind of manager, um, where, you know, Paul Hurst and the Gareth Southgate is a bit more of your modern manager. But, but then at the same time, to give him some positives, I'd say that the majority of the signing has been really good. I think the players we sign have looked really, really encouraging. Um, my yeah. brother went to the first game of the season at home and came to Luton with me, and he said that the team has improved dramatically in that time. So the team's definitely mm-hmm. improving. Um, so there's been narrow, narrow draws, um, which we should have won. And then obviously we should have got a point away at Charlton. Um, the XG is positive. Um, and when, until Luton, we weren't really conceding too many. Um, no, and also, no. we've had a limited amount of time with his squad, so he's got you know he's got time to kind of to work with the players. So that's a bit of a you know he, it's a positive in the sense that he hasn't you know you can't judge him too much because he hasn't had that much time. And finally, I think we're playing good attacking passing football. So yeah, I don't know, quite a few things I've thrown at you there, Glenn. But what's your thoughts on that?
1: I, I I completely agree with everything you're saying, Ollie, and I think that we're on the same page in some respects. I, I, what my point I'm trying to make is that. It's a results business and people will fall one way or the other and say, look, at the end of the day, people can or can't deal with all those points you've just made. They'll fall on one side or the other with a manager. It doesn't matter where it's asking, it to any manager. Do you know what I mean? That people will take a judgment on that manager. And a It's lot a bit squid is though, isn't strong, it? Just-
0: but people yeah. are saying that he should have been sacked after three games. That's that for yeah, me, that's that's ridiculous. Just far I, too early.
1: But I completely agree with you. And then, and you also get a lot of nonsense in the mix. You know, people are saying he doesn't clap the fans, where it's been proved that he has been clapping the fans. And so there's this then you know thing that builds up with some fans who misunderstand that, and and it builds up the negativity. But at the end of the day, I think we're on the same page. There is a lot of positives. There's there's a quite a lot of negatives of, in terms of where we are at the moment, and in terms of our league position and what's gone on. And you know. It's a, it's at a point where if you haven't won in six games, it could could go either way now. You know and we're not going to sit here and say. All those positives will now develop into massive positives and will run up the league like Plymouth did. You know, they went unbeaten for 27 games. It'd be unlikely if we went unbeaten for 27 games. Let's be honest about it. But at the, at the end of the day, I'm not sitting here saying all the negatives and all the problems and the, where we are in the league is what's going to be for the rest of the season. It's, it could go either way. But you know, we can't discount that Askey could turn out to be a genius and we can't turn out that Askey might be a little bit out of his depth. And, and there's no reason why we can't question both sides of that. And I'm not... Saying he should go now, and, and, and I won't be judging this season until at least 10 games, and even many, maybe more than that this season, because I missed the first few, and also he, we are going to give them a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt because the team came together late. So, you know, I'm not overly panicking yet, but I'm not, you know, burying my head in the sand and saying everything will be fine, everything will be fine. I'm open minded as to where this season could go, um, and you, you, you kind of got to be at this stage, haven't you, really? Yeah, yeah, no,
0: definitely. So, um, yeah, I want us to talk about reviewer signings, but I think it's better to do that when you've seen them. So we'll part yeah, the question from the D three D four question. Yeah, and we can have that discussion when you've seen them, because obviously I've seen them quite a few times now. But yeah, let's have that. So yeah, I think I think you're right, Glenn. It's been an interesting season, plenty of talking points, and mm. um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I left um, left um, Luton a little bit disheartened, but um, like all good football fans, and yeah, just looking forward to the next game again now.
1: Good stuff. Well, there we go. We'll we'll leave it, and I think we'll, we, whether we were revisiting, well, we'll be revisiting a lot of these points. I suspect next week, because we've got two games coming up, and there'll be a lot more talking points. But um, we'll leave the, the sort of match review and, and where ASCI is at the moment, and we'll just do a bit of Salop news and predictions to wrap the podcast up. Morris to Worley on the right-hand side, balling towards the far post towards Humphreys. Payne scores. He's done it again. Stephen Payne. So Salop news. Uh, yeah, this week Sam Jones um, has gone out on loan to Cheltenham Town uh, for the. I think it was till January I'm not too sure I can't remember now but um, yeah another one of the sort of her signings at the sort of latter part of his career that's Sort of not going to get any football here this season, so might as well go out on loan. And um, yeah, on his debut, came off the bench and and scored a goal. So yeah, it's it's interesting how many are sort of starting to go out on loan. And obviously, while I was away, I think you briefly mentioned last week, Ollie, that um, AScii has also said that he wants to get Ganua and Issa out on loan as well. So we're going to have sort of a small army of midfielders out on loan at other clubs soon, aren't we?
0: Yeah, definitely. We're obviously, trying to get um players out on loan and yeah, um, getting some games. Um, obviously, also we need to have um, development players on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So i i don't I don't think it's not for me not a surprise that Sam Jones has gone out and learned no. to League Two. No, I um, think it's. A good I think he was probably one of. T- one of Perth's poor signings.
1: Yeah, he didn't really do too much did he Towards the end of last season, not certainly not as much as Issa and it didn't really sort of strike a chord with the fans quite as much as Isa did. And I think fans will be more disappointed to see Isa leave. But from everything I've read, Herst, uh, Askey is looking to bring Issa back at some point. So who, who knows what will happen with that? But an interesting game to play as we go forward on. And I think we'll track it on the podcast. Is will our midfielders that we've sent out on loan score more goals than the midfielders that are actually at the club? Because it'll be about the same amount of players. And at the moment, it's two two, isn't it? Because um, Bryn Morris is out on loan for, uh, I can't remember, it was Wickham? I can't remember where went, but he has yeah, gone goal. to Wickham. And yeah, he's gone Sam, to Wickham. Yeah, Sam Jones has scored a goal as well, but Wally's obviously got two, so it's 2-2 at the moment. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but are you not going to put <laughs> any
0: waiting in for League Two? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll have
1: to see, won't we? It could be like one 0.5 a goal for League Two. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes.
0: It's an interesting one to track.
1: Yeah, it certainly feels like maybe the more attacking midfield is the ones we've sent out alone, but there we go, we'll have to see. Um, and the only other thing in terms of south news, in terms of potentially uh, some positivity, is Ryan Woods finally joined Stoke in the week, didn't he? Um, and it's a loan move now with a with the sort of deal being done in January, which is what a lot of clubs are doing at the moment, isn't it? To get around that early transfer window.
0: Yeah, it's a cheeky yeah. way of extending the transfer window, isn't it?
1: Yeah, which works well. So we obviously know in January at some point there's going to be a big wadge of cash going between the two clubs and we'll be creaming our sort of profit off on well, top of that. So the January yeah, transfer well, window, there should be a bit of... Mo- Bit more money yeah, in. well,
0: we don't actually get the money, do we? That's the thing. It gets drip-fed, so everything's paid in instalments yep. these days. So we'll get yep. again. Same with Connor Goldson, um, and um, obviously Nolan and to- uh, to- all this. You know, everyone that kind of moves on. All that it's all a feed, but yeah, the um, the income column um, for the next few years is mm-hmm. certainly be healthy because uh, I imagine he'll sign a, a multiple year deal at Stoke. So we've we'll got that money dripping in over the length of that contract.
1: Yeah, it's good. And a good move for Woodsy as well, I think, in terms of respect. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's a, it's, it's a sort of sideways move in terms of league position, but you maybe have a to bigger fancy team. to go up a little bit more than Brentford, wouldn't you? So hopefully he'll be joining Connor playing in a, in a premiership in, in, a, in a relevant country at some point soon. So there we yep. go. That was all it's of news. Really, we've got the Checker Trade game coming up this week. It's Man City's... Uh, Are you two, going? Which we're not too bothered about. Am I balls going to that? No, back to boycott. <laughs> back to boycott, mate. <laughs> back to boycott until we get to the final again. Um. Uh. But... Uh, one thing I was going to say is what would you do the team but I don't really think it's worth talking about Ollie because nah. Christ knows what could happen really he could play a strong team there's rules that he's got to stick with so um pff, we'll just we'll just reflect on that next week when we get back to the podcast won't we but the next big game really is, is Bristol Rovers at home next Saturday and um yeah lots of interesting elements to do with that obviously we've got the return of uh, Alex Rodman and Steph Payne <laughs> so that could make the game a little bit more spicy for Aski who, who obviously uh Players that went obviously, Rodman didn't stay and didn't sign us contracts. So that was obviously nothing to do with Askie really. But Payne was one where potentially we could have kept him. Um, but Bristol Rovers have started very poorly as well. They're actually only uh, two places above us and they've only got three points. Obviously, we've got two. They lost to Peterborough, Accrington, Southend, and Portsmouth. So, a bit of a mix and match in terms of the teams they lost to. But they beat Wickham, who obviously have only just come up and, and have not started brilliantly themselves. Um, but unlike the, us, they did win their cup game. So, they've won two from four uh, sorry, they've won two from six. Um, but they've already lost four games. So yeah, a bit of a tricky game coming up. Um I don't know. It it's it's obviously going to be interesting to see how it goes. What kind of prediction are you going for Ollie? This is our first prediction of the season. We should say it is so the, the competition first. starts now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so the competition starts now. I guess as I won last year I should go first. And, yeah. Yeah, go I'm going to for, I'm going to 2-1 to Shrewsbury Town.
1: Good. That would be helpful. Um I don't know. I I really really want us to win. Um but without having seen us and seen these performances that I think make you a little bit more positive. I think we might because they're obviously going to be desperate for a win as well. This is not a team coming here that are, you know could afford to lose a game. Really, they're struggling down the bottom. So, I think it might end up being having sort of seen what happened at Luton two two. We might nick it three two. It might be a game like that. So, I'll go two two, Ollie.
0: Cool. So yeah, a point. For, <laughs> yeah, you're going for a point. So it'd be three points this season. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I think we can get a win and hopefully being at home. Obviously, we've had two away games now. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to be back at home.
1: And in terms of being back, Ollie, the podcast is back now. We'll be back to Sunday, well, it's Monday night now because obviously uh, it was a bank holiday this weekend, but there's no more bank holidays, is there? So we'll be back to recording Sunday nights and getting these podcasts out Monday morning and we should really reflect and and say thank you to the the town fans for um, what they've done in terms of supporting the podcast earlier this season because... The podcast grew exponentially last season, didn't it, Ollie, in terms of the town doing well? I think everyone was really excited and wanted to hear about how we were doing, and we were finding that sort of listener growth had gone up. But we've noticed at the start of this season we've been doing 500, and in fact, one of the episodes has done seven, 800 listens, I think, already. So, um, town fans are definitely engaging with the podcast again and sort of stick with it and, and send us your thoughts on Twitter and the Facebook page. And um, we do read a lot of social media stuff, don't we, for, the, for research for this podcast, Ollie? So, you know, any, anything that's out there, we try and reflect, don't we? So, yeah, thanks for your support this season
0: so far yeah cheers guys thanks very much for all the messages and um, yeah we're kind of back to normal now so yeah I'm <laughs> sure we'll um, be asking people questions and yeah there's been so much to cover for this podcast we could have gone on for, for even longer so we could yeah we'll be back to normal now asking questions and when we have some um, single game weeks as well we'll maybe do some um, some bits and pieces as well and we still need to have a big discussion about kind of a bit about the Hearst legacy and the transfer window as well Glenn. so we've got we that to, to kind we of do. get stuck into as well
1: good stuff all right. thanks for listening guys hopefully it was entertaining and uh, yeah We'll catch you next week.
0: Cheers, guys.